Good afternoon and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I am Eric Ozempa. And I am Brady Stuffel. Hey, welcome in, Brady. How are you doing? I'm doing okay today. Yeah. yeah. Weekend yeah. good? Yeah, I didn't sleep very well, not last night, but the night before. So Sunday was a bit of a wash, but the weather's been good. Uh, getting the dogs out a little bit, doing some cooking, you know, just like regular life stuff. Nothing, nothing dramatic. Oh, we did go. Where the heck did we go? We actually left the house, went like two places, which is like, it was like That's a big good. deal. Yeah, no, I mean, it was like, it's been so long that we just get used to staying home. And it's like, well, we're going to go out. And I, I can't remember the heck we went, but Kelsey and I actually went to two different stores in one day. And it was like, wow, it was crazy. Yeah. Just, oh, we had a, we went to the, the, uh, the post office at Ace to drop off, um, uh, package that she said her sister just had a baby so we're sending up oh nice did you yeah. uh do you have to wait long sometimes it depends one that. person hey that's awesome i yeah, like that i always recommend cool. to people that if they're looking to uh do a passport or probably very few people are looking to do a passport right now but <laughs> if you're looking yeah. to do a passport or go to a post office that isn't so nearly crazy as the one on Kaufman. It's go to ace but then the ace one is going to be crazy pretty soon with holidays but yep. i would always recommend mead um, mm-hmm. The Mead Post Office is an awesome post office, and especially if you're looking to get a po- uh, passport. So, well, you can save my- a lot of time. the The one in Longmont, I think, is has been recognized as being way not. Enough. <laughs> like, well, just- at least you take they take appointments now, so it seems to do better. But still, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's as far as pass- passports, I should say. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I did my passport there, and it was fine because the, the appointments you just go there, and it takes a couple of minutes, and you go in and do the thing, and it's no big deal. But yeah, I mean, you go in there, especially the holiday season lines out the door oh, wrapped around. It's crazy. So it is. Yeah, like a lot of amenities, I think we're outgrowing, have outgrown a lot of stuff. So rec yeah. centers and and whatever. So. That's Hopefully, right. people say, "Hey, everybody should should have access to this kind of stuff." <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is like it, it's hard. I remember going to the rec centers, and it'd be like, "Well, if if like one of the couple of spin bikes was used up, or you know, the other bike trainers, or whatever you're using, and the classes get really, really crammed full." So, um, if you go there, you know, or maybe you're saying, "I'm not going to go there because it's it's too busy." <laughs> well, <laughs> that's why we build another one. <laughs> There's always another post office, right? Always, always, yeah, go out of town. We when I lived in in Charlottesville, out in Virginia, the DMV was. I mean, it was nuts. Oh. We'd sit there for hours, and I would drive to was it 20, 20 minutes away, 10, 15, 20 minutes away. Go to that one. Nobody's ever there. It was crazy because I was titling motorcycles and stuff. I'd be there all the time, and it's like this is so dumb. You go in, and it's like our DMV, the other one, except nobody's there. There's like ten seats, and like three people yeah. are in the place, and it's like, hey, it's like yeah, come on in. No, uh, I'm I'm free. Just come on up. <laughs> what? So, you know. Yeah, I see the line over on the Boulder County building that also has the DMV there for, you know, like registration tags and all that sort of thing. And the line's outside. So people yeah. are like huddled outside. I don't know what their plan is going to be when it gets really cold. Uh, I don't, I don't think know if they'll just one. call you from your car or whatever, but who knows? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Could be worse. Yeah. So, hey, well, let's, do our, let's do our buzz. So we got a few yeah, let's see what we can actually get through. There's all kinds That's, of stuff today. Right. Huh? Lots, of, lots of good stuff. So one of the things I want to start out with is, is the Regal Cinema one that you actually talked about. This is a, yeah. a pretty fascinating one. So go ahead and why don't you give our listeners the scoop Well, there. the rundown is that Regal Cinemas was going to reopen, and I don't know in what capacity. I don't go to 
the, the movies that often anyway. Um, but they were going to reopen basically because there's a new Bond movie coming out. And they're like, all right, this is how we're going to jump back into this. Uh, and then the Bond movie got delayed until next year. And they said, you know what? We're not going to bother. So yeah. all the Regal cinemas across the U.S. are not going to open. And they're going to wait until that movie comes out. And that's pretty much it. They're just saying, yeah, nobody. So uh, I was reading the subreddit. Uh, there were some people who worked there. They were saying the, the general manager has been working his butt off, um, trying to get, you know, but corporate's kind of jerking back and forth. And so, yeah, so I guess the theater's going to be closed until next year. Um, wow. Do, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. And, it, you know, and I, I, I don't know of anybody who's like itching to go to the movies because number one, the content probably is not that great, but um, meaning there's not a lot of heck, a lot of new movies out there. So yeah, a lot of it got postponed. Um, they're mentioning Dune and Wonder Woman 1984. I would probably see Dune. That was a fun book, but honestly a report came out recently that says coronavirus can be aerosolized and just hang out in the air. It can build up with time if you're in yeah. an indoor confined space. And so you get a bunch of people together all breathing out the same air. That I'd be about the last place I would go. Um, everybody's got their own personal risk tolerance. So that's on you to decide and on the businesses to decide. But um, yeah, so they're, they're not going to be open. So life as it is is going to continue. I will tell you one really quick, quick thing we discovered during like the early part of COVID, probably June. Mm-hmm. Um, is the Avalon, which is a theater in DC. And I think I might've mentioned this before, but you can probably find different types of artisanal cinema places around, but the Avalon.org, if you go there, you can actually see a list of independent movies. And so you just buy tickets online and you can watch it from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, I mean, I'm sure that there's lots of those options as well. And I imagine depending on how long we are here, we will probably see more of those options come along. So, yeah. And I, I've enjoyed, um, like the the increased number of things that you can get because I don't really want to go to the movies. Sometimes I want to yeah. watch a movie when it comes out, but you, I'll wait 99% yeah. of the time. I won't see the last Avengers movie that came out because that's my jam. I love my comic books. <laughs> but, uh, and, let's see. Getting to more from the sublime to the ridiculous. Yeah. King Supers has a ton of pumpkin. Yeah. Apparently. yeah. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, yeah, so uh, if anybody's wondering, apparently, I haven't seen it, but the report is that canned pumpkin has been hard to come by recently, with every store being totally wiped out. There's a lot of dissenting opinions in the comments on this post, but if you need any, King Supers on Pace apparently has a bunch of uh, pumpkin, and then you can you can just head on over and and buy your, buy your pumpkin. I food. can attest to that because I was there just yesterday, and they did have, they had like a whole pallet of pumpkin pie filling. Yeah, if not I mean, more. So hey, if you need pumpkin pie filling, knock right. yourself out. People yeah. are likening it to uh, <laughs> like East Germany, you know, the, those those <laughs> countries can't get our products. You know, you gotta wait. Uh, so I mean, right. with the toilet paper, the runs on toilet paper, the runs on all sorts of weird stuff. Um, whatever. You can always make your own. I guess I've done it. I didn't really see. I don't know. Pumpkin pie is fine. Some people yeah. love it. Yeah, um, it's fine. Alrighty, and let's see. I think the other thing too is that the council is going to take up the RV parking restrictions restrictions discussion. We've talked about this a few times with Joseph over at Hope, and yep. so council is to resume discussing whether the uh, whether to generally ban recreational vehicles, camper coaches, camper trailers, and motorhomes from parking on city streets, alleys, or other public right of ways. This is somewhat controversial because other communities have also banned 
camper vehicles and some of those yeah. are used by people to live. And so I know that there's some controversy yeah. there. So Yeah, and they have talked and I, we've talked about um, opening a safe lot on Alaska and Alaska Avenue is, uh, as I remember, one north of Boston Avenue down by left hand brewing and stuff. Yeah. I want to do a safe lot down there. Um, I've heard recently that some of the big issues with the RV life is you have to get water and get rid of all the waste you make somewhere and they don't have a- access to sanitary sewer stuff and it can, that can make for a pretty gross problem. So yeah, you want to figure this all out. There's a lot of stuff going on in this. Um, you know, I, I don't want to kick people out. I don't want to, Hopefully they can figure out safe, equitable ways to to take care of the the people that are going to be displaced. If this includes um, parking, like actual uh, people who own a home and then also own an RV, if this if this makes it so they can't park on the street, I'm really not super duper opposed because those <laughs> drive me crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Are, it uh, becomes an area of boats, RVs. And, uh, you know, that's the difficulty It's like, if you have a boat, whatever, you probably have to find a place to store it. Yeah. So, and it's not like in front of my house all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you pay to play when it comes to these things. I mean, when I was riding motorcycle, it was like, you're buying tires all the time. That's just yeah. part of the game with an RV. There's, there's a few in the, in the neighborhood and they, they park and they're so wide and it's like, how is this even legal? Like they're yeah. so big and they're like, like a city bus They're crazy. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't complain too much. It's a, it's a lesser gripe, to be honest, but it's still one of those things where it's like, all right, it's hard to get in and out of the alley when it's across the street from the alley. It's so big. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's your first world problems. And then also the police review panel. Um, we, we were kind of talking about that offline last week, and there is a call or a need for citizens to actually be on the police review panel. Um, I fail to remember, you know, I'm always here with good news and I'm sharp with opinions and facts or sharp with opinions, maybe not facts, but I'm trying to remember the, the number of citizens they're looking for and the review panel itself. It wasn't huge. Um, I know that the, they, they're closing it down on October 23rd at five o'clock, the application process. So there's still plenty of time to get in on that. If that's something that's interested, uh, five positions looks like, and you serve up to a five-year term, uh, uh, and you can reapply. So I don't know. Um, honestly, I don't know how much oversight they have that type of thing. You know, do you get to, I don't know what you get out of it as, as a concerned citizen, but I, I do like that we have this sort of thing. I think it's important to make sure that everybody's accountable, particularly people who are, um, to have the guns, you know, make sure everybody's yeah. doing yeah. okay. And I, you know, I don't have any direct gripes about the Longmont police department. I don't want to say that, but I think just everywhere it's a, it's a good idea to make sure that we're all doing what needs to be done in an appropriate way. So have some oversight and such. So, yeah. And so, yeah. then, the final thing is, is that you, at least for what I have here in front of me, is the Colorado governor is, let's see, turning over 27,000, 27,000? 2,700. 2,700. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, yeah, wow. Yeah. 2,700 marijuana convictions. Is that correct? Yeah. So he is. Um, again, find the news. Um, so yeah, they're going to overturn that. He's just going to do a, a big, I think, fairly broad, what do you call it? The, 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 the uh, uh, pardon. Uh, pardon. 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 <laughs> that sounds like word. Like hunting around for the word, hunting around for the article. <laughs> so there's not much to it. It just sounds like he's gonna, you know, overturn a bunch of that. And I, I get it. Like, uh, it's legal now. 
Um, there's there's a push toward legalization, at least decriminalization for this and some other things across the country. Um, and there, yeah, so t- he's going to mass pardon 2,732 convictions of low-level marijuana possession uh, through executive order uh, wow. Thursday. Yeah, so wow. come on up here. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like it's not going to be drug kingpins or anything like that. But no, if you've if you've had possession. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, the pros closet CEO stepped down. We actually did mention that. So I just wanted to, uh, we we were talking about pros closet and we thought it was kind of coincidental that the pros closet CEO stepped down um, right after we had actually talked about and gave a shout out to that business. So isn't it kind of weird that he stepped down? So I don't know if it was that. Well, I think it's part of this greater (laughs) restructuring and, um, (laughs) you know, because he's saying (laughs) the the article that I found, um, the daily camera said, Hey, he, he did a bunch of soul searching and was trying to decide if he was going to stay or go or, you know, like, at, like if, if he had a role in this anymore. Yeah. Um, but they sold to see raised 12 million for new funding to move. So they're moving and they want to have a bigger presence in the, the online bike resale space. And so they're looking to grow through that. And he, I think was um, seeing if he was the one who should do that or not, or if he wanted to take that on or not. And he, he decided yeah. to bow out. So they say, I mean, he may have been squeezed. I, I ain't speculating. Who knows? He yeah. says he's moving out. So that's, you know, off he cool. goes. Yeah. Hey, well, I don't want to keep our guest of honor waiting. So, Peter, uh, thanks so much for joining us. This is Peter Marcus of Terrapin Care Station. And Hi. also, you are the, forgive me, I'm going to totally step on this. Are you the Director of Marketing and Communications? or no, something? the Communications Director for Terrapin. We have a whole separate marketing department. Oh, okay, cool. Awesome. Peter, mm-hmm. thanks so much for joining us. And um, we really are um, uh, really thankful for your time. And I hope you can share with us the Terrapin story as well, a little bit of background about yourself. So just so you know, I am a neophyte in this arena, so I'm going to own it. And Brady's pretty much going to question you about uh, certain things regarding your industry. Oh, I want to be questioned by the neophyte. Well, I no, and actually, if he doesn't ask the neophyte questions, I'm definitely going to do them. And I'm not feigning some sort of like Bill Clinton thing here. But, okay, okay. Um, let's let's do this right up front. Let's tell the story. But wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Time out. I want him to yeah. first. So get into your story and then we'll have Peter introduce himself. So go ahead. Okay. So um, I was at Eric's house for Christmas, the last whatever last year. And I had mentioned to Eric during one of the podcasts that smoke and bowls, the restaurant, I said, it's a little too on the nose for this whole like new Colorado. And he was kind of like, ha ha. Yeah. And then apparently you went back to, to your wife and you were yeah. talking about like, wait, what did he mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> too on the nose. <laughs> and so then it was like, it's some sort of drug reference. No. <laughs> and then they're, they're having this like, is that a, is that a, no, it's not. It just means that the bowls are hot and they're smoking hot. And then they're, no, I'm pretty sure they're going for some sort of fun there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it is a, it is a Boulder County restaurant. It's so, very, yes, very, very Boulder yes. County. We were totally, I stand corrected. My wife, I thought, I still contend was probably the worst here about this because she was like, no, 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 it means the bowls are hot. I'm like, no, 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 no. Think about I, it. Think about it. Anyway. I lost my mind. I thought that was absolutely yeah. just too funny. So, so Peter, give us a bit of, about your bio. So give us your background and, you know, how you came to be a Terrapin and, and what yeah. you're Yeah. So Peter Mar- 
work is. Once upon a time, I was a political reporter. Um, I left political journalism about three years ago um, to come to Terrapin. I had a 14-year career in uh, mostly political journalism, though some other stuff. I last left off where I started um, with my friend, Joey Bunch. We pulled him away from the Denver Post. They pulled me away from the Durango Herald. At the time, we started ColoradoPolitics.com, which I'm proud to say gets a million unique views a month now. So we're very proud of how big and bold that has of a project has been. Sadly, I left only about seven, eight months after it started. <laughs> but uh, but um, so maybe that's why it's doing so well. But uh, but no, I was really, truly like, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but it was kind of at the pinnacle of my career at the time, um, breaking you know, the vast majority of political stories in Colorado. We were, you know, we were the ones who were breaking Jared Polis, jumping into the gubernatorial race at the time and what it meant for the congressional races and all that stuff. So really at the top of my career, everything was going great. And then I met um, Chris Woods, the owner and CEO of Terrapin. Um, and he just felt like my communications background and journalism media background could be um, well situated in a burgeoning cannabis industry in need of some Mm-hmm. Streamlined messaging and quite frankly, um, you know, starting from scratch with all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. In many yeah. ways. And I started thinking about it and it was a great opportunity that I wanted to take up. I had 14 years of political reporting. Donald Trump had just been elected president. I didn't feel like spending four years getting reaction locally to every mm-hmm. damn thing that came out of the um, <laughs> White House. Um and so I took the plunge and I really, I don't have any regrets. I, I miss journalism dearly because it is a type of career that you're not doing for save the money or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I assure you that you're doing it because it lives in your blood. So I miss it for that reason and for holding these politicians accountable and asking questions. But I am having a lot of fun in this new cannabis industry and, you know, carving things from scratch, entering new markets, you know, right. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So how's that gone? Like you, you're in Longmont. I'm curious, you, you're the marketing guy. What's the attitude in Longmont and how's it changed since the, the policies shifted? Yeah. We, we were slow to get on board here. Um, so Longmont has been remarkable. It's been a great market. The community has been completely on top of it. Um, you know, we use so we don't enter a market until we first do the local groundwork. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just because a license is available doesn't necessarily mean it's the market we're going to end up in. So, the first thing we do is we talk to the chambers, we talk to the mayors, we talk to the council people, and much more importantly, is we talk to the nonprofits in the town. And we're like, hey, here's what we're thinking. You know, this is what we did in Longmont. We said, you know, we're thinking about coming into Longmont, you know. Um, you know, we met with uh, the reentry initiative, we met with Centennial State Ballet, we met with Hope, we met with Longmont Community Justice Partnership, um, you know, we met with Al Boulder, who had already kind of been working with, mm-hmm. and we were like, hey, where's the community's heads at with marijuana legalization? They were like, legalized marijuana here, like, like this is great, like, you know, let's, <laughs> let, let's, let's have a discussion, though, about 
if we're going to do that, what is that going to mean for my community? And what kind of an impact can you leave? And sure enough, we ended up partnering with these five nonprofits. We gave them each $20,000 to start. We donated some volunteers. You know, we, um, we've really been hands-on with them. I'm, I'm, I now sit on the Longmont, I, we sit on the Longmont Chamber, we sit on the Economic Development Council, you know, we're like very, very embedded in Longmont. And sure enough, when we had our opening, you know, we had a ribbon cutting that was attended by, you know, city leaders, state representatives, all the nonprofit leaders. You know, there was a lot of people there. There was like 50 people there. Yeah. Pre-COVID times when you could have 50 people <laughs> <laughs> exactly. and a goddamn freaking <laughs> ribbon cutting. The last ribbon cutting we did was over Zoom. Uh, so, yeah. you know, and it, and it was cool to look around the room, you know, a couple of years ago when we launched and see all these people here because the community was ready for it. The nonprofits were ready to benefit from, you know, uh, mm -hmm. more community engagement and stuff like that. And two years later, our partnerships are strong as ever. We're still partnered with all of those groups. You know, we're still doing good things. Business is up at the store. Um, so yeah, I've heard. Um, and you got a you, you got a great location over there. It looks like six fifty twentieth. Yeah, um, a, Avenue. A, yeah, yeah. It's a good location. We took over an old flower shop. So you did indeed. Yeah, we kept it. We kept the flower theme going for that location. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's yeah. that's clever. That's awesome. Yeah. Can you? Um, so for our neophytes, can you can you talk us through what it's like to go into a dispensary? I'm sure there's a lot of people that are interested but wouldn't buy anything, don't want to just go and look at you. What it's yeah. like to go in, what the ID process is like, what's the most popular, what does payment look like? Sure. So first of all, things are very different these days. We're encouraging people to go online. So, um, oh, okay. Wow. So uh, you can still come to the store and we encourage you, you know, well, you have to go to the store no matter what, but we, you know, you can still just show up at the store and purchase um, there, but we are encouraging people to go online. We have, you can actually reserve your orders online. That way you can see what's available, what products and stuff like that. That's going to be more for people who kind of know what they're doing or like, you know, like have products in mind that they're getting. We are encouraging it now because of COVID. We're trying to limit the number of people in the store. And we're proud to say as a company that we haven't had to do any contact tracing because um, we've wow. been really on top of this thing. You know, like yeah. we haven't had any outbreaks re related to employees and therefore no customers. So we are trying to limit people's time in the stores, which is why we recommend online. But if you do just show up at the store, it's um, we kind of equate it to a bank process in many ways. So you're going to like queue up, you know, outside because we're only allowing a few people in at a time um, unless there's no one in there. And then you can go right in. Um, you'll show your driver's license and then you kind of just make your way around into the store in, in Longmont. We have a system where you can kind of um, uh, look around at the products and stuff like that and tell your bud tender which ones you want. Um, you're going to show your ID when you come into the store and then they're going to check your ID again as you're purchasing the products. And then the bud tenders themselves do a third ID check as you're actually leaving the store. Oh, wow. It's just redundancy yeah. to make sure yeah. that, you know, um, it's the right person, no underage sales, stuff like that. 
But as far as the experience, it's pretty hands-on. A tender is going to meet you right away. And so for folks who know what they're doing, you know, that's why we recommend the online thing. Then you can just literally just pick up your stuff and leave. If not, you're just going to tell the bud tender what you want. If you're kind of new to the process, um, they're going to spend some time with you. You know, they're going to answer all your questions. Um, you know, the curiosity is high these days. Um, and it's high because you you have a lot of new products out there. Um, and so there's not a lot of understanding on all of this stuff. So, you know, we tell people to start low, go slow. Um, you want to um, talk to your bud tender about what you want. If you're looking for CBD products, we're going to point you in the direction there. If you're looking to sleep, we're going to point you in the direction there. What's really cool about cannabis companies and products these days, and, you know, ours as well as others, is there's a focus on the effects. And not, it used to just be, what do you want, indica or sativa? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what the heck that means. No. Um, so what they're starting to do is show some marketing and product education that's around. So like this company, 1906, is a great company um, whose products we sell out of our stores. Their stuff is like 1906 Go. It's these little like tablets or chocolates you can eat um, that will give you bit of energy or midnight is going to put you to sleep. They even have one love that's good for as an aphrodisiac, you know, like they're marketing around what the effect of, and that's what you're starting to see the cannabis industry as a whole is doing. All of us are starting to do this is market towards what it will do to you so that when you go into the store, you know, you can understand it's not just indica sativa, which the average person doesn't even know what that means. Yeah, right. Technical jargon doesn't work with most people. So yeah, yeah, right. Because there's almost like like a wine culture around this, right? Where there's sort of, I mean, to an extent, it's almost a mythical lore. Like, oh, I got this stuff. It, it smelled like blueberries, and you know, I've never been able to find it again. But now you've got a really quantifiable product that you can yeah, wait till right? wait till it's legal federally and the patent fight starts. Yeah, that's yeah, when, yeah, that's sure. when it's gonna get fun. So what else? What else do you have there? I mean, you said chocolates. You said um, tablets. Uh, it's pretty well-rounded at the Longmont store. So you asked about popular products. It's still flour. Flour is still the most popular. You know, people mm -hmm. still want to smoke. Our most popular product are our terrapins. They're a pack of joints. It's just little mm -hmm. joints. Back in the beginning, like every dispensary felt the need to roll a full gram into like every joint cone. And it was just like outrageous. Um, and somewhere along the way, we realized that people just want a little joint. So, <laughs> so sure. our most popular product still is Terrapins. It's a five gram pack of joints. Mm -hmm. You usually get like 10 to 12, 13 joints in there. It depends on the weight. Um, and they're just pre-rolled little, little joints that you can have at home or, um, you know, we're these days we're encouraging people buy the little ones because you don't want to pass that around anymore. So yeah, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. That's for, um, I have a neophyte question here. So yeah. my neophyte question is, and Brady can chuckle at this. So why do people smoke still when there's so many other products that are out there? I mean, um, is, is well, it just I preference? Mean, is it it's purely preference? Okay. Of course. I mean, I mean, I'm old school, you know, like, <laughs> Like, no matter what, for me, like, it's still smokable flour, 
you know, yeah. like yeah. that um, um, it's joints and bowls and stuff like that. Like, you know, like, um, however, um, you know, there's so many new products that people want to experiment with those kinds of things as well. I think vaping has become um, for people who don't want to smoke. Sure enough, there was even concerns around vaping, right? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, we mm -hmm. just went through like a whole um, crisis. It ended up being very beneficial for the marijuana industry because um, they found out that 100% of the incidents were from black market vape products. So we don't actually use in the cannabis industry that vitamin E acetate. It's literally prohibited now, but we had we didn't use it even before. Mm -hmm. um, that's what they're using on the black market. It's a thickening agent. When they make black market vapes, it's like it's watery. And if you oh. put that in a cartridge and you yeah. try to sell it, somebody's going to be like, what is this garbage that you just uh. made in your basement? So they add this thickening <laughs> agent. So they add this thickening agent to it that makes it thicker. So it looks like a legal marijuana. The problem was they were then China was like stealing the labels for like real marijuana companies and slapping it on those things, which was like really dangerous. But overall, they found out that none of the vape scare came from the legal market. It all came from the black market. Either way, stuff like that leaves stigmas. People are into vaping, so they want to smoke. Some people don't want to smoke, so they want to vape. Some people only eat it, you know. Mm -hmm. And then really what you're finding is for people who don't want to get very stoned, which is quite frankly the majority of people. It's a very misconception, but the vast majority of our sales are very low potency type mm -hmm. of products. Uh, there is a contingency that wants to use concentrates for dabbing and things like that and get locked to the couch and and it, you know watch yeah, Netflix it, all afternoon it's a niche you know i mean yeah. and and they should have that option as well but yeah the vast majority of our products are these low potency things and a lot of those come in the form of like a supplement or an edible or things sure. like that so let's you do the dishes still lets you go on your hike lets you you know yeah. mow the lawn a little bit so, so just a little bit more chill than normal probably i mean why yeah. do some people only sip like my mom to this day drinks white wine with a little seltzer in it <laughs> a spritzer a spritzer she loves <laughs> her spritzer <laughs> Nice. I'm not going to drink a spritzer. I'm probably going to drink a glass of whiskey, you know, like it's just, it's just different strokes, you know, it is, yeah. it is. So where does all of this stuff come from then? Um, so Terrapin in Colorado is vertically integrated, which means that oh. we grow our own and supply our own and supply this, all of our stores. We do carry a handful of, um, uh, of other companies that are popular companies like Willie's Reserve, Leafa is this concentrate company that has a very sought after, um, you know, uh, concentrate products. Um, so we carry a few, but the vast majority comes from our own grow and lab it's in Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, and then different models everywhere. Pennsylvania, we're just a wholesale in Pennsylvania. So in Pennsylvania, we're a grower processor and it's medical only. So we provide to the dispensaries in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. and similar in Michigan, we're a grower processor. So we supply the dispensaries there. 
So it depends on our market. But in Colorado, the long month store is 90% fueled by us. Wow, oh, that's interesting. That's amazing. And, and do the, those facilities look like they do in the movies, like rows of lights and rows of plants and stuff? Uh, the the cultivation facilities, yeah, they um, it's you know it's highly industrialized indoor agriculture. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we don't do levels. It's not something that we do um, mm-hmm. that you were just describing, but it is you know just. It's you know our biggest facility is about twenty five thousand square feet, thirty thousand. I can't remember exactly. Um, yeah, and it's just you know um, it's big flower rooms, big veg rooms where you the, the veg room is for the baby plants where they vegetate mm-hmm. into a big enough plant to be able to flower. You have to keep those rooms separate because they use different lighting um, oh, systems. Okay. Um, so. Um, so when you're in the veg state, you're, the sun is on for 18 hours a day. The sun is on. The lights are on for 18 hours a day. Um, when you put it into flower, the lights are on for 12 hours a day. That difference in the lighting triggers it to start flowering. Interesting. So you have to well, keep the room set. And Peter, are, when you say you're you're kind of growing your own, so to speak, does that mean that does that also mean that they're in Colorado predominantly or is it all over the United States or wherever that you're growing? Well, everything is looped within the state. Um, yeah. Our terrapin products can be found in Colorado, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. But okay. not, but those products have to be developed in those states. We oh, okay. So there's another naive question I would ask. So basically it has to be developed in the it's state. It's all closed loop yeah. within the okay. state. Yeah, because still can't transport across state lines. That's the next fight, but um, there's still no interstate commerce. And when do you Um, when do you see? Do you see in the horizon like the federally approved? Like, do you see that that coming? And and do you have any clear? Yeah. So I mean, here's the path. So number one is banking. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Banking has to get through Congress. It has the votes, even in the Republican Senate. Mitch McConnell just hasn't been letting it go through. Um, you know, I mean, Cory Gardner, the Republican, is carrying that bill. And for, for wow, yeah. that's his that's his legislation. Um, it's his baby. If you, I, you know, I mentioned I was a political reporter. If you went and talked to Peter Marcus, the political reporter, twelve years ago when I was covering conservative Cory Gardner and his and his issues in the Colorado legislature. No, I would not have believed that he was going to become the champion for marijuana banking reform, but he is, which, which shows the evolution significantly. So yeah, yeah. that's the major thing that needs to get through Congress is, and that we have an election, so yep. we, don't know, we don't know what's going to happen. Corey may or may not. There's a you know, there's a solid chance Corey's not going to be there um, right. next year. Um, yeah. And in which case, John Hickenlooper will be there. John's fine. He would support marijuana banking, but he's not going to carry the bill, probably. So now you're really looking at is it a Democrat Senate or a Republican Senate? If it's a Democratic Senate after this election, which is a possibility, but still a long shot, um, then you could throw a dart at a Democrat to carry that banking bill and get that through the Senate. If, in fact, it remains a Republican Senate and you lose Cory Gardner, that's a problem because it's going (laughs) to be hard to find another Republican to carry the banking bill um, with so much passion who has Mitch McConnell's ear, ear like he does. 
So uncertain on the banking. That being said, you're going to start to see more and more states legalize recreationally. So you're going to have New Jersey after November. You're going to have Arizona most likely after November. Pennsylvania is actively discussing it now. New York is actively discussing it now. Eventually, you're going to have so many states connected to each other in the Northwest, Southwest, East Coast, and Midwest that at some point, governors are just going to say, you know, forget about the feds. Mm -hmm. We're just going to sign interstate compacts between each other yeah. That says you're yeah. allowed to that says you're allowed to truck this stuff up and down. Sure. Wow. So huh. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if in a couple of years, if there's no action on the federal level and you have Pennsylvania and New Jersey and New York and Massachusetts and like and then California, Washington, Oregon, Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona, you know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if at that point they just kind of took it over and said, like, look, we're just going to be hands off. Banking's fine. Get in there and do it. Just yeah. go yeah. do your yeah. thing. You know, uh, you know, it, it, it's not the first time you don't need the federal government for this. Like at some point, if the states just all decide this is what's happening, that's just what's happening. And then like we've already seen, you know, banks are taking our money already as it is. Right. Yeah. So like, so it just. Well, and and also, Peter, I mean, to be frank, philanthropy is also taking your money, too. Yeah, (laughs) that's another, you know, I we, you know, you get discussions within the nonprofit sector about, you know, who's taking who's taking marijuana money, who's not. And and the majority of nonprofits do take them. Well, the the funny thing is, I've been in the room with when these discussions are being had with city council or nonprofits. And they're like, uh, should we take marijuana money? And they're like, it's legal. And then everybody just kind of shrugs. Yeah. And then they move on. And it's like, yeah, it's funny. The IRS has no problem taking our money. (laughs) That's true. Yes, that is true. So, you know, there's that also. I got another question. Um, So what's going on with COVID with you guys? You said that business is up and I've heard that it's way up. So what's, what's the impact there? Yeah. Do you see the latest South Park special? Watch it. It's hilarious. I definitely got to check it out. And okay. there's and a large part of it is just like, hey guys, everything's going great for me. I'm in the marijuana business and I'm up 500% right now. <laughs> Holy um, cow. No, things, uh, things are up. Things are up about 39, 40% as a company over wow. last year in wow. terms of um, sales and revenue. That being said, um, it's hard to quantify what it's hard not to believe that COVID had something to do with it. I mean, you suddenly had a lot of people stressed out, like probably laid off or working from home. One of the two um, with more time on their hands and more anxiety in their lives. So, you know, we legalized marijuana to be an alternative to alcohol. And I think what we found in very obvious terms is that we succeeded in that because as soon as people freaked out with a global pandemic and a country handling it horribly, um, it wasn't a rush to the liquor store necessarily. It was, here's an alternative to that and I'm going to use that. So So I've I've heard that up, up at your store in Longmont, you actually ran out? 
Well, we ran out a couple. Uh, I mean, production was definitely an issue. Production, A, demand was up, but B, we had to go to skeleton crews okay. to maintain social distancing at our sure. facilities. So the we're on track now. Like Products are much more stable now. But those first few weeks of scrambling to figure out how to social distance everyone inside of industrial facilities, not just us, every industry. Yeah. I mean, it's why you saw meat shortages. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, demand was up. Production was being shifted around. It was a chaotic time. Um, yeah. But, yeah, things are more stable on the production level now for sure cool. well, i got like awesome. all kinds of questions i could still ask you because there's all sorts of stuff but we should probably get you out of here is there anything else that you want to let us know about you terrapin the industry oh and then peter please uh, shamelessly plug your website too yeah we're absolutely. into that too so yeah so you can find us actually that's what i was about to say is so we actually recently went through a rebrand so it is just Terrapin now, as far as a com as far as the whole company is concerned. Nice, nice. Um, so, and that reasoning for that was being in multiple states. You know, we wanted to have like a unified brand throughout. Um, so the the stores in Colorado are still known as Terrapin's Care Stations. Um, but the company as a whole is known as Terrapin, and you can find out information on us at terrapin.co. Um, or you can go to terrapincarestation.com, which is a more retail-focused experience. Cool. Fantastic. Peter, we appreciate you joining us today. And again, as Brady said, we could probably ask you tons more questions. And if oh, you don't I've got mind, so many we, questions we'll, about... probably, we'll probably follow up with you at some point in time. I'm happy to come back whenever no, you guys awesome. want. Just, just awesome. holler Maybe at me. Maybe we'll just have a deep dive and we'll just talk about talk about Terrapin and you at some point in time. And I'd also love to talk to you about politics, but not at this time. So, you know. <laughs> it's too much there. <laughs> yeah, and can't wait to figure out ways to do more with the foundation next year. So awesome. Awesome. we'll uh, we'll figure all that stuff out. Cool. All right. Thanks Thank you, sir. Here. Thanks, Peter. See you guys. Take Bye. Care. All right, that was Peter Marcus over at Terrapin, and uh, we were so thankful to have him on. And I just, actually, to me, it was just a learning opportunity. Yeah, so I was going to ask, did you learn something? I did. I learned I learned something. I'd always heard about, like, what it was like to go inside, so that didn't mm -hmm. surprise me. I mean, it was like, what was that again? The Bud Master? What was the guy behind Bud the Tender. Like, okay. our tender, Bud Tender. Bud Master. Yeah. Bud Master. <laughs> Maybe that's the guy, like, you know, like the guy who's growing and he's going around checking the wine. What do they call that guy? The uh, the the, the uh, sommelier. Well, yeah. not really, no. Or, is he the vintner? There's some, is there a wine master role? There's something like that. Where there is, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. that. It's probably that guy at the, at the factory. Yeah. Yeah, the products have gotten really, um, they've evolved a lot. Um, so, like, you can see stuff. It'll have what's in it in terms of like chemical breakdown will be listed. Um, and I think people get the idea that you go into a place like this and it would be um, like a trailer park or, you know, like dingy and sort of like cramped. Creepy. Creepy. Yeah. yeah. And like yeah. everything that I've seen looks like it's there are these well lit, um, like tastefully done places. So, yeah. You know, I mean, you look at the, I looked at their website before we did this podcast and and I'm just shocked in, in just how well it's done. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be shocked. I'm just, it's just really well, well laid out as far as the online store and it's presented really well and it's, it's easy to, to look at and that sort of thing and understand kind of what he's talking about. Yeah, and if you, you know, look at 
the websites for these places, they look like little, well, not little even, but like artisanal yeah. shops where people care and it's, you know, wood and, and yeah. aesthetically everything looks really nice. And it's like, wow, that's, that's a whole different thing than you would expect given the, the, uh, the vibe that's been given off for so long about marijuana. So yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I thought that was an interesting piece too. So. It is, uh, we have grown exponentially some, uh, since the time of Cheech and Chong and the, a few of those movies I saw in the seventies. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, up in smoke and whatever. Yeah. But Didn't they uh, make a van out of weed at one point. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <they did. laughs> All right. So we got some events we want to talk about. Do you have anything you want to mention? I've got just one little thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there's it's it's a benefit season. Um, I know a nonprofit called St. Benedict Health and Healing uh, Ministry. They, they go out and they help people uh, get free clinics and stuff. They're holding theirs on the 24th at 6 p.m. I'm sure there's a bunch of other ones. They're going to have uh, John McCutcheon, who's a, a big name. Um, so that's awesome. Uh, who else? I, I'm trying to think of who else is even having them. You guys so there, this year? Where can they find out more information, Brady? Is it St. Benedict? Uh, yes. Yeah, so if you punch in St. Benedict Health and Healing Ministry, um, yeah. that'll come up. So, awesome. Yeah, and they're doing can... a virtual thing. And I did I did a different one earlier this year. And yeah, it's fun. It's kind of a nice way to you get something you sit at home and you, you participate without it being, hey, I got to go outside and risk life and limb to, to help out. Do a good exactly. So, yeah. There's a lot of that stuff going on. Go out there and find it. Absolutely. And then I wanted to mention October 9th and October 11th, the St. Brain Cidery is doing the uh, Dia de los Muertos fall crawl, Sunday brunch. So um, you can... Impeccable accent. I know. I'm trying to do it here. So it, actually, that is my that is my um, New Year's resolution, even though it's not New Year's. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to try to learn some Spanish. Crazy. Get you a Duolingo um, or something. Huh? I'm going to try. Yeah. So gonna... I'd like to do a class, but I don't know if that's if that's possible. Listeners, you can certainly reach out to me and let me know it is possible and tell me where I should go. Um, so anyway, this is a fun and festive weekend ahead of us, and it's Friday, October 9th, downtown Longmont business display of their Dia de los Muertos altars, offerendums, as I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, then on Sunday and the 11th, go to the tap room early and get some Sunday brunch menu items. Um, yeah. That's yeah, it's a it's a cool festival. Um, if you've never been, my neighbors particularly love it. They're sad that this year, uh, you know, the museum isn't operating at capacity. But Longmont actually had a really robust presence for that at the museum, and rightly so. I mean, we we represent a large Latino population, so that's yeah, pretty cool. Exactly. Well, we have spent so much time with Peter. I think we're gonna we're gonna get out of here today. Um, thanks, Brady, for doing such a great job and talking to Peter. Because again, yeah. fight, so it was cool to have your uh, seasoned experience. <laughs> is that, a, is that a reference? Seasoned? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can make it one pretty easily. <laughs> hey, always well seasoned. Thanks to Andy Epler, as always, for our intro music. Thanks to um, Jessica Carson for the reasons why. Um, find us on Amazon Music. Yeah, Amazon Music has us now on our podcast. Oh wow! You can actually ah. say. You can say Allegra, not using the real name. Play Allegra. Side Dish. Play Allegra. Side Dish. Yeah. It's uh, fun. Find us on Stitcher, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Reach out to us at SideDishLongmont at gmail.com. And then we did hear from Joe, who says a hot dog is a hot dog, and a roast beef sandwich is a roast beef sandwich. So well stated, Joe. Continue that debate later. So I was going to ask you today. We didn't get to it. Thanks, Eric.